1 to 3 p.m. Lifetime Live with Griselda Dudumashe. Lifetime Live with Griselda Dudumashe. It's six minutes past one, and thank you for choosing Lifetime Live with me, Chrisalda Dudumashe. It is SAFM Radio, and you find us at 104 to 107 FM Nationwide. And we invite you to connect with us. Uh, we both on Twitter and Facebook at SAFM Radio and hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. And uh, also our WhatsApp voice note, um, I promise you it will work today on 0614-104-207 and uh, 40938 is our SMS line charged at 150 per SMS. And also receiving your calls on 891 104-207. It's always uh, such a humbling pleasure um, to serve you during these two hours as we focus on life-changing conversations. And today we're looking at living with diabetes at whatever age. Um, you know, there comes a time when you're believing that you're a health freak and you do everything by the book and you just go for a normal routine checkup and you are told that you have a terminal condition. What do you do? And uh, my guess is one of those very inspirational stories um, that she was pregnant when she was diagnosed, just doing a routine uh, pregnancy check, and she's told you are diabetic. And uh, we're so grateful that she did not see that as a death sentence, um, but saw it as a life-transforming experience. And uh, she continues to just transform lives. And uh, we're so appreciative of that and proud of that. And she'll take us through her journey. I mean, upon, upon diagnosis, what do you do? What do you say uh, when doctor says these are the news? And then later on, I will have our usual words of wisdom. And uh, today we have our favorite, May Von Khame. She's our mother. Uh, she really does uh, get to the soul of the matter. And uh, we'll have our sharp sharp. I know that uh, we have fans now who have memorized lines on what sharp sharp uh, stories are about. And in our relationship desk, this is one of those challenges that every household, when you decide that you are marrying into a, a family, a person, a human, uh, do the background check. If, if you are not going to talk about it as a couple, it's bound to come back and haunt you. And we're talking about relationships and finances. Um, this is one of those challenges that have led so many people to the divorce court and you don't want to be amongst those and then we end up uh, today's offering with celebrating one of our iconic uh, writers and we'll be looking at the story of uh, Memele Mladi who was the first black woman in South Africa to publish a novel and uh, if you have a story why are you still sitting with your story if we don't tell our stories someone else will do it on our behalf and unfortunately at times when somebody else tells your story it becomes a distorted version and welcome uh, to it this is a lifetime live we start with our um, afro traction saying it to zenam yeah let's go let me catch my breath what a beautiful song Afro Traction, that's where I want you and uh, inviting you to just uh, pick up that phone and dial that number 
tell this person what they mean to you because life is like that and that uh, you know you might be here today and gone tomorrow uh, make sure that every second counts and uh, today we adding on to you making informed decisions and choices and looking at diabetes on the 14th of November annually um, the world takes notice of the challenge we still face um, from diabetes and uh, today in studio with us we have a young person uh, who was just going for a routine test and she was told that you are diabetic um, but didn't see despondency in it and uh, didn't see it as a death sentence but rather as a call um, to help others not be in the position she found herself in. Mpolukeng Mudawi is joining us. Uh, she was diagnosed with uh, uh, type 1 diabetes in 2009 and founded in Sigaye I mean, even the name of the organization is just so beautiful. Uh, this is a development foundation. Good afternoon and welcome. Afternoon, Chris Holden. Thank you for having me. Now, I mean, take us back to that moment when doctor then says to you, you have diabetes, irrespective of w- what the type is. Did you even know that there were different types? To be honest, I didn't. Even when he said to me that um, we need to take samples for, for us to test because he was just having a funny feeling, you know, mm-hmm. about the symptoms that I was displaying. It didn't click. It didn't register with me as to what diabetes is. It was not a familiar term or a familiar disease that we discussed in our household. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my family, there was no one who was diagnosed with diabetes. I was the first one. And I was not familiar with it. I was so laid back and I would I would say I was very ignorant. And I'm sure you're amongst uh, those people who believe that diabetes is for old people. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. I would have never woken up one morning thinking that, hey, let me go check for diabetes. I might just be one of the That's statistics. It. You know. So what it, were the symptoms that you experienced? I was extremely tired. I was mm. tired. I was always thirsty. I was always going to the to the toilet, and a little bit of my my, my vision was a little bit. It was a little bit blurry, and I remember, you know, everybody would say, "No, why are you scared? Why are you even worried? Mm. You're pregnant. It's normal." It yeah, was dismissed. It comes with the package. It comes with the package. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. little did we know that actually, if we dig deeper, we're gonna find something a little bit more than just coming with that package of pregnancy. So you are then uh, given the news. I, I, I don't even know how you, uh, was it a needle prick? Um, did they take your blood sample to a lab? He firstly asked for a urine sample and he told me that um, he can see that there's a lot of, there's a high uh, glucose. Yeah. Even with that, I was like, oh, okay. You know, and <laughs> what then, does that even mean? I didn't even ask. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And he sent me to the lab to go do blood tests. I went to the lab. I remember receiving a phone call at seven o'clock in the evening mm. telling me to come back to the hospital. You need to come back to the hospital. And I, I negotiated my way around yeah. it. Yeah. Because I didn't know I what can't it drop meant. everything. And yes. I mean, what do you want For to this tell diabetes. me now? Uh-uh. You know, I was like, and, no, and, and I mean, I'll see you to say that you have more sugar in your blood. I, I know that I ate a sweet a, a day or two you ago, know, so probably yes, that's... it is normal for us to have it because we eat sugar. That's it. So um, I told them I'll come tomorrow morning, which mm-hmm. I did the following morning, went to the hospitals at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, the sisters, they checked me, they pricked and they're like, your sugar is sitting at 18. And this is what? before you eat. And you were still standing. I was st- that, that's exactly, that it's scary. like you're in the room. Oh they're like, you're still goodness. standing. Even with that, I absolutely had no idea. So what, what have you learned now? What is normal? What did? What does the 18 actually mean now that you know better? The 18 say <laughs> could potentially mean you are going to be in, in a diabetic a coma. coma. 
yes, you're going to be in a diabetic coma. Sure. So I do thank my God because I'm still standing here. Yeah. I am with more knowledge as to what it entails. And and now you're teaching. Definitely. So one of the things that you are so passionate about is developing young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does that come from in your background? I believe that, you know what, let us not be ignorant. Um, mm. A lot of things that I found myself in that I could say saved me was reading a lot. I uh, loved reading mm-hmm. and I love empowering myself through knowledge and education. And I believe that, um, you know, education should not be only in the classroom. It should mm-hmm. also be outside the classroom. I should be able to just grab a book and read about a concept that I've never come across and, and, and should turn out okay. And that's sure. where the, 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 the passion comes from in teaching young people. Also, diabetes. It's something I didn't know. I didn't grow up around it. But you know what mm. I did? I read. That's it. And knowledge gave you power. Yes, and we're here now, right? Definitely. So, so let's talk about now that uh, you are diagnosed and you are told that it's type one. What then becomes the treatment options? For me, uh, treatment option we went straight to insulin. Well, at eighteen, of course, you should. Yes. So from the onset, I had to inject myself four times a day. I have to prick myself at least three times a day because I need to know where they're sitting, compare what I'm eating with how much insulin I need to put in my body. Mm. Because if I don't do that, if I don't religiously do that, it messes me up because uh, I'll find myself with my eyes being blurry, tiredness again. And we don't want to get to uh, the dire consequences of diabetes, kidney failures, stroke, heart disease blindness and amputation yeah yeah so maybe you're listening to this conversation and you're wondering why you should worry over 425 million people currently are living with diabetes and it's also said that one in two people currently living with diabetes don't even know Mm. don't even know so you could be one of those people and most cases are type 2 diabetes Um, that means you can still prevent um, you know deteriorating further um, because with type 2 you can still uh, use uh, food to Mm. manage um, the diagnosis so what are some of the lifestyle changes that you've had to adapt to okay before I get into that with type 2 diabetes like you said it can be avoided it can be reversed it's just plain getting yourself uh, informed that's it uh, exercise eat mm-hmm. healthy uh, so for me the most crucial thing that I had to change was how I ate. Remember, I got it when I was pregnant. Mm. I always had this thing, I'm eating for two. No, you cravings. But, but that's how we socialize. Yes. And, yes. and most of the time, cravings are all the wrong things. Because mm-hmm. you want ice cream at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And you want maguinha mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. And because you're told you must make him suffer. Yes. It, it doesn't help <laughs> when you have one that complies <laughs> to the cravings, right? And he brings them to the table. Yeah. So it was a life. It, it was it was food. I had to now um, teach myself that there is no such thing as eating for two and feeding, having to feed the cravings <laughs> all the time. Exercising as well. Oh, I'm, I'm, I used to be such an inactive person. <laughs> you know, I love TV. I would sit in front of the TV. But now... Couch potato y- type. Yes, I was that type. I was mm. that type. So now I have to exercise. And it's something that now we have learned in my family. It's integrated. There's no me cooking for myself separate pots and mm. the rest of the family 
It's a unit. You One know? of our former first ladies, I remember when I interviewed her, um, was talking about the fact that when she started her activism, her mom had been uh, known to be diabetic for 35 years. And it became a way of life. It's in how she cooks. That's how she mm. socialized. That's how she was raised. Yes. Um, so did you, do you find it difficult uh, at times uh, to convince your children on, on adopting? Because, I mean, they go to school. Mm. They see other kids indulging in all sorts of things that yes. are not healthy for us. Yes. When you want to instill a healthy lifestyle within your home. Mm. There was a time when my, my son would come back with his lunchbox still intact and I'm like, boy what is happening here yeah it's like but mommy i shared my lunchbox with one of my friends i'm like you see because i'm trying to instill that culture that we practice in the house i would put vegetables in his you know a balanced meal Mm. for lunch for him and he would say no he would rather opt for the other yes definitely (laughs) for cheese and you know all the fatty things the chips and he's a child he's a children they do these things Mm. all right let's take your calls um right now on 0891 104207 whatsapp voice note on 0614104107 and you can also uh, connect with us at safm radio and hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live SMSs at 40938 charged at 150. And uh, where else are we available? On Instagram sometimes. Uh, you can also join us there. And this is uh, SAFM Radio. We are from 104 to 107 FM nationwide. And uh, an SMS says uh, diabetes is not a terminal illness, um, but a chronic lifestyle controllable condition. And this happens when you know your status. Mm-hmm. And, and saying that although not easy to control. Uh, but, you know, you also look at how um, resources are allocated in South Africa. Uh, when we talk about 425 million people who live with the condition, I'm not sure what the stats in South Africa looks like. Uh, and especially when we're talking type 2 diabetes that can be managed. Why is it that, uh, you know, there's not much uh, education around a, a condition that I see it as a silent killer? And it's very scary because we only raise awareness on diabetes only on the 14th of November. And this is something that we have to live with on a daily basis. We need to do more activations. We need to do more awareness because people need to know, you know, let them have access to the statistics as to what is happening out there. I mean, the number is uh, uh, predicted to rise to 522 million by 2030. Goodness. 522 million people living with diabetes. I mean, we cannot really be ignorant about it. Are we really waiting for uh, for a, a, an, a, a, an epidemic, you know, for it to get to that stage where now everybody's dependent on the government? Already the system is under a lot of pressure, you know. There's a lot of pressure. So we need to raise more awareness, have more workshops, teach people on what diabetes is, the consequences of it, because you would rather have to learn and take precautionary measures now as opposed to when you are already diagnosed. That's it. And and sometimes when they talk about prevention being way much better than Mm. cure, uh, worse when there's no cure. Let's go to Patricia in Deben taking your calls right now. Call Chris Salda now, 0891-104-207. Good afternoon, Patricia, and welcome. Hi. Hi. I just want to put down the biggest lie I've ever heard. That lady with you, and uh, forgive me because I know we were all the same. She said, they're children, they eat chips and whatever. 
children eat what we give them. And we give them, from the day they're born, we give them sugar, fat and salt in that order. All right, Patricia, the context was uh, that she gives good food and veggies and fruits uh, yes, to sorry, her son. I hear you, I hear you. Yes, hear you. but, but, but the, the other kids, yes. are not yes. doing the right thing like yeah. she is. Yeah. So he's going for that thing. But really, when, we, when they're born, they actually don't like sugar. But mm. we start to give it to them. My mm. son is 52 years old. That is I didn't so put true. sugar in his tea or his coffee or his rooibos or, well, he never had coffee when he was young, so he didn't have a Coca-Cola except out of the house until he was well over 12, and he still doesn't take sugar in tea or coffee or on his cereal. But how, do you, how did you manage uh, the discipline, though? Um, because there's so much pressure and all the ads um, about all the wrong well, things see, that are not what, good for what, us. What lady must work on, on next. You know, he's, he's trying, he's really trying. He's asked people to, to cut down the, the salt they put in bread. He's asked them to cut down the, the, <coughs> the sugar they put. But he, you know, he has to do a little more. He has to go on air and get other medical people to go on air saying how wrong this all is. Thank you. Thank you very much for sorry, sharing. Sorry, I'm sorry, but I, look, <laughs> I've just been made diabetic and I haven't taken sugar in tea or coffee since I was 12 and I'm 78. So, so, so I know, and it's so difficult, like this lady who's with you now, when you are, you, it's so difficult to eat because really all you can eat is protein. Mm. Even some vegetables and a lot of fruits are high in carbs. That's it. And some high in sugar. Well, the, the, you know, the sugar's out of the question, but the fact is that the carb, carbohydrates are in everything. Potatoes, yeah. rice, bread, the things that we basically eat, don't we? We do. We do. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you very okay. much for that Thanks contribution. For and uh, Mpulu Gang Mudawu is with me in studio as we talk about uh, living with diabetes and uh, being productive uh, whilst acknowledging your status. I'm not sure whether I should read Gancho's uh, statement now or later. Hey, Mala Gancho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me rather take your calls on 891-104-207 when I eventually read his message you'll understand uh, maybe you should tell us what it is that you do um, What, which profession are you serving at right now and uh, um, I, I guess uh, once we hear that uh, we'll understand why this particular uh, message and, and I'll, I'll, I'll just uh, add the context to what you've sent us All right, uh, taking your calls right now we're going to Kimberley and uh, speak to Joseph. Uh, Joseph, good afternoon and welcome. Ask yourself, before you even get to be diagnosed, uh, ask the questions. Because lifestyle diseases, uh, some diseases are within the family. I know that Tepo uh, Mosese, uh, he too was a, a, a health fanatic and there was no diabetes history in his family, only to find out much later that one of the uh, grandparents had diabetes. Why do we wait until we get diagnosed? I think it's society. We are taught that there is, you know, we you have to go on a di- diabetes diet. I don't think there is such a thing called a diabetes diet, Criselda. There's a healthy lifestyle, uh-huh. healthy diet. The way I eat right now, it's how it's, I believe everybody should eat the way I eat right now and practice being healthy because it could be diabetes. It could be something else. You know, we take precautionary measures. Pat did say that she does not eat a lot of sugar. However, <laughs> uh, she spoke about diabe- being diabetic. 
Uh, it has absolutely nothing to do with you eating a lot of sugar. Mm. If you are type 1, it means your pancreas is not producing insulin. You know, I, I was never a sweet tooth. I never used to eat a lot of sweets or junk food, mm. you know, uh, growing and up. And you're not obese. And I'm not obese. I've always been the size. But here I am sitting with type 1 diabetes. Let us get informed. I mm. think it's the most powerful tool that we have in our hands. Get informed as to what you are dealing with. Sure. All right. Uh, we continue taking your messages, questions, comments. Uh, my guest is still with me, Mpulukin Mudau. We're talking about... Call Chris Salda now, 0891-104-207. We really want to know that uh, you are tuned in and listening to the conversation. So do call us on 0891-104-207. What's our voice note on 0614-104-107. We're both on Twitter and Facebook at SFM Radio. And you can hashtag SFM Lifetime Live. And SMS is at 40938, charged at 150. I'm still waiting for Gancho to send context on why he's saying, uh, my military nurses routinely check my urine. I thought they were naughty. <laughs> it was helpful indeed. <laughs> so what are the ways in which um, diabetes gets uh, diagnosed? It's through urine. Um, so can, they're not naughty, Gancho? So they're not being naughty. They are mm. just merely taking precautionary measures and checking that there is no sugar in your in your urine. And they, we can prick as well, a pricking test, or alternatively take blood and take it to the to the to the lab okay. to be checked. So, so can a prick be used for diagnosis, or, or do you need a confirmatory test that goes to the lab? I think it, it's always to establish it, yes. the severity, I yes. guess. Yes, you always have to take the precautionary uh, bloods, take it to the lab. However, I always wonder what happens in the rural areas. Yeah. Yes. And they probably just rely on the, the test. That's it. Because it's a test. long distance as yes. well. Uh, it, when you look at the resources, I hate it when people compare this, but when you look at the resources allocated to HIV awareness vis-a-vis mm. diabetes awareness, uh, do you believe there's a balance? Absolutely no balance. We can't even begin to compare. We can't. You know, when 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 um, we were introduced to the to the, to HIV and AIDS, so much was done. Mm. I guess it was the fear that was driving it all. But so much was done that is not being done right now about diabetes. You know, I fear for the ones that do not have access to information mm. and, like you're saying, the tools in which to manage it. You know, to teach people. For me, Griselda, I have I use. My insulin has to always be in the fridge. Well, all insulin has to always be in the fridge. Mm-hmm. I ask myself, what happens to the person who's sitting who doesn't somewhere have in the room who doesn't have a fridge? How do they keep it cold? Mm. And how, like, I, I really wonder. How do they even gain access to yeah. it? Yeah, I really, it's a, it's a question that I constantly ask myself as to how, how do they cope with diabetes type 1? Have you ever come across children who are diagnosed uh, with diabetes? And how do you even explain this to them? Recently, there's a lady that I, I work with. She's a social, social worker. And most of the time when she gets patients who are type 1 diabetic and are battling to accept, she always refers them to me to say, can you please help this person be the support? Uh, a week ago, we had a conversation about one of her patients. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a unit, uh, a family unit, where the the newborn, the, the, the baby is one year, eight months, mm-hmm. is uh, type 1 diabetic, you know, and... Uh, I, I just wondered how 
do they oh, deal man. with it? Can you imagine? You know, I, I get so sore in having to inject myself four times a day. So a baby, type and one. To a hand. baby. Oh, my word. Oh, goodness. It must no. be one of the most difficult things to experience. So if we ignore um, conversations like this one and not do anything about uh, diabetes, uh, what are the complications? Well, the picture that I, I, I always draw for myself, it's that right now we need to, like I said, mobilize, teach people, do awareness, you know, train health to be out there in the communities and teach people about this. The money that should be allocated to that, it's nothing compared to what's going to happen mm. when when now people are diabetic and they're relying on the, on the government for That's assistance. It. Because at the end of the day, we're going to be sitting with people who are amputated. Yeah. We're going to be sitting with people who are blind. Yeah. People who have suffered stroke, mm-hmm. heart disease, kidney disease. All and of these, these are things. the complications Dialysis. of not treating diabetes. Definitely. definitely. It's going to be much heavier, yeah. much more dire than it would be now if money was put into programs that will actually help prevent yeah. all of these other situations A from taking place. A simple small sore leads yes. to gangrene and there you lose you your leg. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so where do we find you? Contact details. Okay, you can find me on 064-535-3793. Are we on Twitter, Facebook? We are on Facebook. It's Ntikayezwe Development Foundation. Alternatively, send an email to ntikayezwe.dev at gmail.com. And you still come back and tell us about your book drive. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for coming through. Mbolo Geng Mudau, who is uh, diagnosed uh, with uh, type 1 diabetes in 2009. And